All right, thank you for choosing to be with us for week two of The Vow, and if you didn't choose and you're thinking, oh, crud, I'm single, I'm always going to be single, why'd I come today? Uh, I'm glad you're here, I'm going to be talking to you too, and there's going to be good stuff for you as we look at part two of The Vow. Last week, we looked at The Vow of Priority. I brought an image, I'm going to just have to visualize the image of a triangle that uh, we used last week that visualizes very well what it looks like when you're married and God is in your relationship. That there's a distance between husband and wife, and sometimes there's a lot of differences between husband and wife, and the best way to grow closer to each other is to actually grow closer to God, and as you grow closer to God, it is inevitable that you'll become closer and closer to one another. And so make God priority one was what was last week's all about. Today is... The vow of pursuit, the vow of pursuit. Oh, the things we do for love. Kind of dates me there, but the things we do for love. Years and years ago, boy, when, when we were just in love and we were pursuing each other, I would did things like travel from Northern California on a Greyhound bus down to Southern California, Santa Barbara, actually, mid-California, and I'd get out of the bus smelling like smoke, and I'm not a smoker, just brrr, smoke all over me, I love you, you know, it's like, <laughs> we would just do whatever it took to make sure we could see each other, the things we do for love. We were separated during a long engagement, and every day we'd write handwritten notes to each other, and then we'd compile them and mail them to each other. Remember handwritten notes? Yeah. Well, the things we do for love. That was pursuit, pursuit, pursuit. Here's a question for you. What does it require to fall in love? All right, so if you're thinking I kind of set you up with the title that it requires pursuit, you're wrong. It only requires a pulse. <laughs> to fall in love, you just need a pulse. I mean, it's just a flitter, 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 flitter. It's like, whoa, you don't know a thing about that person. It just requires a pulse for the feelings of love, which a lot of people refer to as falling in love. Here's the better question. What does it require to stay in love? That's the thing we're going to be focusing on. What does it require to stay in love? And here is an answer for your consideration. How do you keep the romantic edge for the duration of a lifelong marriage. Now, that's the tips and stuff we're going to be bringing today. The answer is the vow of pursuit. Marriage works when you work at it. Now, some people who are really happily married go, oh, that just sounds like work. Well, actually, it is, and that's normal. And we're going to be talking about marriage works when you work at it. Now, here's the problem. Naturally speaking, we pursue what we don't have and want. Man, we pursue and pursue and pursue what we don't have and want. And naturally speaking, now I'm speaking to us guys a little bit here. Uh, last week I mentioned that we have been designed for warriors. We want conquest. And when we want something, we're going to pursue till we have it. And once we arrive at conquest, then naturally speaking, we already have what we want and we stop pursuing. And that is really bad for marriage. Now, guys, we're not the only ones that do this. Gals, that happens also when now that you have what you want, the pursuit starts to cool off. It's disastrous for marriage. Complacency is disastrous for marriage there. So 
We kind of see in our culture that our culture um, is all about falling in love. And if you find the right person, its expectation is, and I don't think it's correct, its expectation is if you fall in love with the right person, the feelings of love will sustain you forever. Okay? And I'm just telling you right now, um, that kind of view of love is a cultural view of love. It's not the view of love that Jesus talked about. So let me put it this way. That view of love, love is a noun. It's a noun describing a feeling I have, okay? Jesus' view of love, every time he talks about love, love is a verb. Now, just in case grammar is not your thing, let me just clarify here. Noun is a thing. A verb is an action. Jesus says this kind of love that I'm talking about is action, 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 okay? And so it's actions that are going to sustain the feelings of love. And we're going to look at that together. Now, it's kind of funny because in our culture... We really do have the sense which if you find the right person and just fueled up with this passion, this feeling version of love, that it'll just sustain itself. And yet it's the only kind of place where we think that is true. Every other arena, we know it doesn't work. It's kind of like, if I don't feel like working out, I'm just going to not work out. Now, how is that going to go? If I don't feel like working out and I just stop working out, you think I'm going to get in better shape? No, it doesn't work like that. Okay, okay, I don't feel like going to work. <laughs> How's that work? Your you, paycheck's going to keep coming? No, you don't feel like going to work. If you stop going to work, you're not going to get a paycheck. You know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm really not feeling it with the whole kid thing. Let's just, you know... Why, get rid of the kids? There's no chance there. You're going to be arrested, right? I don't feel like stopping at a red light. Whoa. I really don't feel like paying my taxes. See how in every other area, when you're not feeling it, it's like there's stuff you've got to keep doing. But why is it when we are not feeling it in a marriage? I just, it's over. That's what we think. I'm not feeling it. It's over. Because we've got this view of love as a noun, feeling that's so supposed to sustain itself instead of love as actions that we are to pursue. So we're going to jump into the foundation of marriage. We actually quoted this last week from Paul. He was quoting from this foundation that's in the foundational chapter, Genesis, chapter 2. Here we have this verse. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Now, we talked about this last week. You leave, you cleave, and you weave. The weave, I had to stretch the poetry there. All right, but if you weren't here last week, that's what we kind of got into. Do you see the pursuit here? Pursue, right there. If you don't see it, it's because it's hard to see. The word united, one of its nuanced definitions, so it's a Hebrew word that has a lot of different aspects to it. One of the definitions there is to pursue Okay, so that's what I want to show you next. So dabak, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, is on the screen with some definitions. So here it's translated united, dabak. It has many different nuances. You're united, you leave your father and mother to pursue, to unite with, cling or adhere to, to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection and devotion. The King James Version is to cleave, okay? And so 
That is from that word. I want to show you three examples in the Old Testament scriptures to show you how this word uh, has rich meaning. So in Psalm, verse 8 of chapter 63, it's translated, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. This is a pursuit, and the context is, I'm pursuing you, God. I cling to you. I hold on to you. I pursue you, God. And this is the context there, and that's this same word, dabak. And now we're going to jump to Job. In Job chapter 41, verse 17, we have this, ooh, they are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. It sounds like junior high, but really it's not talking about junior high. This is talking about the Leviathan, a sea monster, and its scales. Very interesting. These scales are joined fast, united, clinging to, adhering to one another. It's just a symbol of power, and it's being applied to something else, but the interesting is, this is a clinging to adherence that you can't even separate these scales on the Leviathan. Now, just kind of other end of the spectrum, now in Judges, we read this, and it's the same word, dabak, Judges 20, verse 45, they kept pressing after, pursuing them. Now, we're not talking about dating, we're talking about one army pursuing another army to conquer it, okay? So this word, united to wife, has very much strongly built into it a pursuing, a constantly pursuing that we need to make sure we get a hold of. And so that's what we're focusing on today. Now, here's the big concept. These are my words. I want to make sure we get it. So it's a full slide. Here we go. The big concept. God built the idea of pursuit into the definition of both the marriage covenant and our covenant with God, which it reflects. We are to pursue and be united. We are to cling to, adhere to, catch by pursuit, pursue hard after with affection and devotion in both of these covenant relationships, okay? So this is really important. So if you're single and you're never gonna get married, this is really important for you still, okay? We're talking about what it means to be in covenant, It's true if you're in covenant with God. It's true if you're in covenant with your wife. Pursuit is part of the design for this in-covenant relationship, okay? So with that in mind, I want to give you a couple of examples of the covenant pursuit that Jesus described in Matthew. When he was talking about the kingdom and entering into the kingdom of heaven and and experiencing becoming a subject of the kingdom in covenant with God through Jesus, here's some of the things that he described. Chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So in pursuit of God, which is really interesting because God sent his son to pursue us, to make a covenant relationship with us possible, but it's not all one-sided. In a covenant with God, he expects us to pursue him, to ask, to seek, to knock, and that's how it works. We feel supercharged in this union with God when he gives us what we ask for, when we receive what we've been knocking on and persevering for, and that just, whoa, it just kind of melds us to the heart of God. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom 
And his righteousness and all the rest of this will be added unto you as well is how this finishes out. But last week we talked about first, you seek first God and then your marriage will be blessed as well. Your finances will be blessed as well, but make God your first priority. But now I'm putting the emphasis not on the first, but on the seek, the pursue part. Pursue, pursue, pursue. I've seen this so many times and I've seen this in churches. I've seen it in our church. I've seen it over and over in our church. It's so discouraging. It goes like this. People are coming. They're excited about what they're hearing about God. They're excited to know that God is loving them and, and, and the things that they, they hear, it's like, this seems so true, it's so real. They start reading the word of God and they're just like riveted to it. Wow, this is talking about me. Then they start getting involved in the things that we have to offer. They might go to a small group, they go to a class, they, they literally say, that's, that's what I need to do, I'll do it. They get baptized and then, just like in dating, They've got what they sought out and pursued. They think they have it now, and then they stop pursuing. I don't see them. They drop out of going to group. They're not reading the Bible anymore. And just in about a month's time or so, I hear something like this. It just didn't work for me. <laughs> it's not that it didn't work for you. You stopped working at it. You stopped pursuing this covenant requires God's pursuit, yes, but our pursuit also. And marriage reflects that same covenant principle. Pursuit, pursuit. So, married people, here's a question for you. It's a tough one. So please don't brush it aside because you don't like the question. If you're in a tough patch, you're in a season of, I'm just not feeling it, we, we had something before, but it's gone. If that's where you are, and you're feeling really like there's, you're just gasping on fumes, there's nothing left, you think you're on your way to divorce, and that's what you're feeling, or it's just really dull, and it isn't what it used to be, if that's what you're feeling, could it be that the reason that you are feeling it is you stopped pursuing? Now, I know that we want to set that aside because here's what we want to say. It wasn't me that stopped pursuing. She stopped pursuing. Or the reverse. It isn't me that stopped pursuing. He stopped pursuing. It's just dead on the vine. Okay? I didn't ask her. I didn't ask him. I'm asking you. What are you going to do about this question? If feelings are gone and waning and they're just really struggling, could it be because you stopped pursuing? That's what we need to talk about. Now, before we move on, singles. Especially singles who are dating. If you're pursuing and he's not, or in a flip side, you're pursuing and she's not, here's my advice to you. Run! <laughs> if you're not married and already it's all one-sided, run! Because it works when you're both committed to each other in pursuit. Okay, it's not going to get better unless God intervenes. So now we need to talk through with married people. We don't have that option. Running does not honor God. In fact, we're going to talk about that and how it's very costly to do so. Right? We're going to talk about how to fill up the feelings tank. Because when you're feeling that way and it's rough and you're not sure it's worth it, it seems like too much work. It shouldn't have to be so much work. We're married. It's supposed to be love. Love doesn't sound like work. 
and that's what you're feeling, okay, we got to talk about that. How do you fill up the feeling tank? So here's where we're going with this. How do you fill up the feeling tank? Now, I use tank on purpose because we're going to use a car analogy. I'm going to ask you this question. How do you stop a car? What's the normal way to stop a car? Put on the brakes. That's correct. I can think of another way because we're going to use this as an analogy now. If a car is a marriage, here's a really quick way to stop a car. Crash! Right? There's a, there, you stopped a car. Now, in a marriage situation, an adultery is a crash. It stops a car. It jolts the feelings right out of it. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Okay? That's another way to stop a car. But here's the piece we don't see. How do you stop a car? You stop a car when you, the moment you take your foot off the gas. You start stopping the car. You don't ever have to crash. You don't ever have to put on the brake. Eventually, that car is going to stop. And as it's slowing down, your feelings are diminishing. Your tank is becoming empty. You're running on fumes. Now, here's what a lot of people are doing because of our culture's definition of love. Our culture now takes this same imagery, and they run out of gas and say, we're done. I'm buying a new car. Now, that's a really expensive way to run a car. If you run out of gas and it's not working, you don't go buy another car. And yet people are doing this with relationships all the time. They don't have their tank filled up. Their emotions are just not there. It just hurts. They're running on fumes and they just think, I got to, this relationship is dead in the water. I got to have another relationship. This is an expensive way to go and it gets really costly in ways besides just finances. Here's the deal you will start to feel like, you know what? That lady at my work who listens to me and respects me, she's pretty nice. And what that looks like is, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Isn't that what it looks like? The grass is greener on the other side of the fence is the imagery where she seems nice and she respects me and she is sweet. Now, let me just tell you something. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. And the grass is not greener on this side of the fence. The grass is only greener where you water it and fertilize it. Period. So when you're running out of gas, I keep switching metaphors, sorry. When you're running out of gas, don't go for another relationship because you're going to repeat the cycle and it gets really expensive. Solve the pursuit problem. Because that's how you reignite a marriage that's feeling like it's struggling. There's a way to reignite for a lifelong edge on the romantic duration of your relationship. So, covenants require the same thing. Covenant with God? Don't take your foot off the gas. Press, 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 seek, ask, knock, cry out, come to God, pursue. He says, if you keep seeking, you keep asking, you keep knocking, you're going to receive all that I have for you. If you just go, it doesn't work, you're not working it. Marriage is like that. So what do you do? Point number one, think something good and say it. Now, I want you to notice what I didn't say. I didn't say, whenever you think something good. Now, if you're really at a low point in your relationship, 
you're not going to come to that point because you're already evaluating every event and everything that's taking place with this negative filter. We're done. I don't feel anything. This negative filter clouds everything. So you have to go, okay, I have to try to think something good. So you might have to go back with your memories a little bit. And remember, if you're only living on memories, <laughs> that's not marriage. Marriage is today, okay? So you're going to borrow from memories or you're looking for, here's a simple one, look for something you can say thank you to. We probably stop saying thank you and please and the kind things when we're hurting. Look for something you can say thank you to. Start building small and just build thank you back into your relationship. Say it, say it. Now here's what I want to say. This comes from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, I know it says daily here, but this week, guys, Thursday is pretty important. All right? We're coming up on a day of expectation, and I know every day is a day to encourage, every day is a day to pursue, every day is a day to seek, but don't put it off till after Thursday to get the florist sales. Okay, the flower sale is just going to backfire on you in this case. <laughs> Go in advance, and I have no interest in any florists here, so this is not a, you know, advertisement, all right? So daily, 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 foot on the gas, look for a way to say it and say it. Here's some help. A, this is for the guys. Pursue her with words of affection. Guys, this is what I often get pursue her. I pursue her every night. I'm just shut down, shut down. I pursue, I pursue, I pursue, shut down. Hey, I didn't say that kind of pursuit. I, you might be pursuing something that isn't her, okay? This says pursue her with words of affection. So here's the key. Pursue her the way she wants to be pursued. Figure that out and pursue, okay? Ladies, I'm not easy on you either. Be on your outline B, pursue him with words of affirmation. It sounds a little bit like what I said last week. You're going to try to look for ways to affirm him. Say less about what he's not and more about what you believe he is that you appreciate. You know, the knight in shining armor again last week, just find a spot and polish a little. I like that. And you go, really? That? <laughs> you give you more. Polish, polish, polish. Affirm. And here's the principle as we talk about this. A um, couple of points on the screen next. She wants to know, do you love me today? And he wants to know, do you believe in me today? There's a nuanced difference here in terms of the way we're wired. So see if you can make that work for you. So think of something good and say it. Point two, think of something special and do it. Now remember, don't wait for this to happen. You have to kind of work at making this happen. Okay, what do I want to do special? And you have to be creative and go before the Lord and ask for his love and his help to do something special to make the other person feel good about being pursued. Now here's what James says. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. All right, I don't know if you just realized this, but I just elevated not pursuing your wife as sin. Okay? I just told you, built on the definition of covenant, we're supposed to keep pursuing, not just pursue till we have her, 
Keep pursuing, seeking, knocking, asking, encouraging, affirming, affectionate. And if we're not, we're sinning. We're doing damage to our marriage. We took our foot off the gas and we're expecting last year's fumes to carry us forward forever. And it's not gonna happen. And God is saying, all right, I loved you this much. How are you gonna put on the gas? What are you gonna do here? And so we need to be thinking about something to do and do it. Three on your outline is this. When you want something different, be it. Here's what we wanna do. This isn't working. I want something different. You change this and you change that and it'll be good. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. When you want something different in your marriage, here's the triangle. Quit focusing this way. When you want something different in your marriage, you focus this way. You focus at God and you start becoming all that God wants you to be and you'll start changing your marriage because you are changing you. You're actually becoming more adorable. Really? Wow, that was sweet. Because you're loving God and God is working on your character things and working on giving you the fruit of the Spirit and the things that are actually helping. And so you be it. And it's going to start with your priority number one, translated into pursuit, which now you're really investing in your second most important priority in life, your spouse. When you want something different, you be it. All right, so here's a couple of thoughts. To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. To get what you once had, you must do what you once did. Here's Scripture's version of this same concept. In the last book of the Bible, here's what we read. And this is now about our covenant with the Lord. In Revelation 2.5, we read, Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. So I don't know where you're at with God right now. Have you taken your foot off the pedal? You stop seeking, you stop pursuing, you stop really pressing in, you stop worshiping. Let me just tell you something that happened to me just this past week on Thursday. I was feeling low, and I don't even know why I was feeling low. I was low energy, I was low feeling, I was just kind of blah, and I didn't even know why I was. And it was my turn to cook dinner, went home, began to cook dinner, and I thought, I'm going to do what I have done in the past when I feel this way. I turned on the worship music and I was cranking. And it was good. And it started to get my blood pumping again. And my tank started to fill up before God. And it was worship music. And it was what I needed from God. If your tank is empty, you ask, you seek, you knock, you pursue. Feelings are the result of the verb. It's the verb that gets you to the feeling. Don't evaluate based on the feeling. Evaluate based on your commitment, based on your action, based on what you do. And you're gonna start to see God fill up your tank and then you will bless to overflowing. If you're single and you're just feeling like, yeah, you're right, just gags me to hear about couples right now because I desperately want somebody and I don't have anybody. If that's you, listen, you're whole. God loves you more than any person could. Be whole before God. Press the metal down. Seek, ask, knock. He will fill you up with glory. And if it's his 
will to write your story to include somebody else, they are seeking him too. And they're going to see it in you. And there's going to be a flashpoint of, whoa, I want to pursue this person. Leave that up to God for right now. Just pursue priority number one. And you're going to start to see, single person, the glory of the story he's writing in the pages of your book. It's up to him to write this. Ask. Seek. Knock. He loves you. He's giving grace to you. Love him. Set the rest on his time frame. Let him write your story. Here's the prayer that I'd like us to pray together. Let me just read it for you. If it's something you're willing to pray, I'll give you the opportunity in a moment. Dear Lord Jesus, you pursued me with love and action. You served me to the point of suffering. You laid yourself down and gave yourself for me. You have opened my heart to you. Thank you. Help me to cling to you, adhere to you, and pursue you. Help me to continue to pursue hard with affection and devotion and catch oneness of heart by pursuing my covenant partner. I want to honor you. Amen. Would you stand with me if it's something you're willing to pray? I want you to pray it out loud like you're convinced that this is the right direction for you. Would you join me? Dear Lord Jesus, you pursued me with love and action. You served me to the point of suffering. You laid yourself down and gave yourself for me. You have opened my heart to you. Thank you. Help me to cling to you and adhere to you and pursue you. Help me to continue to pursue hard with affection and devotion and catch oneness of heart by pursuing my covenant partner. I want to honor you. Amen. If you're hurting today, and I know there are many of you that are, why not come over to the prayer team and just say, I'm hurting today. You could say, if you want to, my marriage is hurting today, or my heart is hurting today, or whatever it is, just a real short thing, just have them pray for you. Don't go away unprayed for and hurting all alone. Don't do life alone. Go get some prayer. Next week is vow number three. Hope to see you back. And if you're a guest today, Love to just give you a gift, walk across the hallway, give them some information. We want to meet you. We want to just help you take steps. God bless you. See you next week.